0: Thanks for joining us today on Shift Change. I'm the guy with a doctorate in leadership who spent a large portion of his adult life reading and studying what it takes to be a great leader. I've studied thought leaders, researchers, authors, presidents, four star generals, CEOs, Olympic, and professional athletes. And through all of this, one thing stands out I'll never be the quarterback of a Super Bowl team. CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and I sure don't want to be the president of the United States. Yet looking back, these really aren't the people who shaped my leadership. It was the common individual who had figured out how to do uncommon things who really impacted me. Those are the people we will be talking to on this podcast. The individuals that can help all of us hone our skills and better ourselves. The person who is doing something great without all the flair and recognition. Our focus for this podcast is simple the common leader doing the uncommon things. Hey, I'm back. Thanks for uh, joining us on our podcast today. It's been a little while since we've had the opportunity to record, and thanks to you, who uh, all 12 of you who are actually listening. We really appreciate it. doesn't seem like we get a big group of people, but we always appreciate the folks we uh, who join us. You'll uh, remember that the last uh, year has been a little odd for us, and so that's why we've had to take a break. That cancer diagnosis kind of has a way of messing things up. It, uh, we were diagnosed, or I was diagnosed with cancer in uh, October of 2021, and since then it's been a crazy year. When we started the process, my uh, father-in-law, who's a, a local physician in town, told me three things, and uh, believe it or not, uh, and I'll give him credit for this, all three things turned out to be very, very true. First thing he said to me is he said, hey, it's going to be a long, hard year, but you'll get through it. You just have to know that. And he's been spot on with that. In fact, I would tell you that the last eight weeks have been longer, uh, have seemed to just drag on forever. They've taken longer than the first 10 months. It's just seemed to go on and on and on and on. And you keep thinking this cancer journey has to end. But the second thing he told me is he said they're going to take you to the edge of death and they're going to see if they can bring you back. And that really did turn out to be true. Many of you will remember that in December we had gone through or I'd gone through three rounds of chemo and unbeknownst to us, uh, I was allergic to one of those drugs. My body would not metabolize that drug. Thanks to Katie and her advocacy and uh, Dr. Paul and Dr. David's words of wisdom to her. Uh, we were able to get some tests run and figured out that I was allergic to one of the drugs and that one of the drugs was just simply poisoning my body. wasn't My body wasn't metabolizing it, so it just never left. It just stayed in. So with each time that they dumped some drugs in, it just continued to overflow and make me sicker and sicker. But once I got it figured out, everything was good. Third thing he told me was, don't worry about your body we'll take care of that. The challenge will be in your mind. And uh, that really did turn out to be true. I really didn't understand the depth or the significance of that statement when I started the process because I tend to be fairly positive and have a pretty good outlook at life. But I will admit there were some moments where the darkness kind of settled in uh, both times that I was in the hospital for extended stays. And then even at the beginning of the summer where you just You were just kind of overwhelmed with all of this and kind of tired of fighting the battle associated with it and mentally worn out. It is that mental piece, that mental component, that really got me thinking about just how important mental health is. In fact, it's uh, in many ways one of the most important things in our lives. And for me, the mental game was really key. There were three things that I figured out. Uh, pretty quickly in this mental game, that were going to be important for me. Uh, one was I had to stay positive. If I allowed the negative thoughts or the negative outlooks, or sometimes uh, some kind of gloomy idea to take over, then uh, that was never good for my mental health. Uh, the second thing that I figured out was that humor was key. So we laughed about everything, they made fun of the journey, made fun of the process. Um, found ways to kind of laugh about all of it all of the way through and continue to do that, uh, both as a family and friends, and just kind of keep moving through with a smile on our face and waiting for the next uh, thing that happens. The third or the third thing that I figured out too was that uh, there was really a deep sense where I had to focus on the most important things. So there uh, doesn't mean that life stops or that there are things that don't matter anymore. But there are a lot of things that we think are important in life that when you're in these moments with cancer and other stuff, you realize, yeah, that really doesn't matter. That means nothing to me, and I just don't care about that. And so for me, focusing on uh, the important things became very, very critical. But I was reminded um, through this uh, cancer journey and through the mental health and the mental toughness piece of it, of some stories and some books I have read. Uh, One of my favorite theologians is a guy by the name of Elie Wiesel. Elie Wiesel was a a Jewish theologian, storyteller, philosopher. He died a few years ago. He is uh, or was a survivor of uh, Hitler's concentration camps. And one of my favorite books he's written and one of my favorite books all time is his book called Night. It is his story about being in Hitler's concentration camps with his father. If you've never read it, it's a short, quick, easy read. It's an amazing book. Uh, It'll bring you to tears, but gives you a deep sense and a clear understanding of kind of his entire journey. And through the book, especially at the end of the book, he talks about how important mental health and mental toughness is. Now, he doesn't say it directly. He kind of hints at it. But these things that we're talking about today were things that he really kind of hits on as he thinks through it. Several years ago, when Katie and I lived in San Diego, we had the opportunity to make a friendship with a, a lady by the name of Edith Edgar. Edith is a, a num- another uh, survivor of Hitler's concentration camps. And uh, Edith is, was, was and is still one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life. And I am forever grateful for the time that we had to interact with her and the times that we had to spend with her. Her stories and her outlook in life really impacted me significantly. I remember her talking about um, getting off the train at the concentration camp. And uh, when she got off the train, she was coming off the train with her parents and uh, her sisters and uh, at the edge of the walkway was uh, Dr. Mingla. Some of you will remember who Dr. Mingla is. Dr. Mingla was the man who was notorious for doing um, just terrible things to, to, to Jews in the concentration camps from a medical perspective and just uh, did all these just awful stuff. But Edith would tell the story that as she got off the train, uh, her older sisters—they—they they walked towards Mingla, and Mingla was pushing people one way towards camps, and another way towards the ovens. And uh, as she came off of the train, uh, Mingla pushed her and her sisters towards the camps, and then pushed her parents towards the ovens. As she—as um, they were separated, she was young and ran towards her parents, and um, would tell you that. Is in that moment that Ing- Mingela grabbed her by the nape of the neck, the very back of her jacket, kind of stuff, and threw her back towards the concentration camps. And it's the last time she ever saw her parents. But she would tell you that the very man who killed her parents saved her life. And so she had this uh, amazing way to kind of take these difficult, challenging moments, and uh, somehow see them in a positive light. It was uh, an amazing thing and an amazing gift. As well, one of the things I got from a friend, a very dear friend, uh, last time I was in the hospital, was a book called uh, The Mental Toughness Handbook. It's, uh, It's an interesting read. It's a real quick read, but one that's worth getting if you're really interested in kind of developing mental toughness. In it, the writer Damon uh zahariadis i think it's something like that Uh, talks about the pivotal factors or habits and practices to mental toughness and um it's it's well worth the read well worth getting it's pretty cheap you can find it on amazon again it's called the mental toughness handbook and just um well well worth a few moments that it takes you to kind of read the book for me i have discovered some very important things in regards to my own personal journey when it comes to mental toughness, habits, practices that I want to consistently maintain and be a part of. So for instance, it's very important for me to get enough sleep. I need to make sure that I get the appropriate amount, whether I'm well or sick. And um, still that that plays a key role for it. Uh, The other thing for me is diet. Um, What I eat and uh, limiting some things in my life, sugar, alcohol, and things like that, and eating well and healthy actually helps me to have a good state of mind. Uh, The other thing, probably the most important thing for me has been exercise, and in all honesty, that's been one of the biggest challenges. Even in this cancer journey, they've uh, kind of asked me not to go to the gym a couple of times, and even right now, I'm not in the gym because of uh, surgery stuff. But uh, that exercise piece is critically important to my mental health and helps me to maintain a positive attitude in an appropriate frame of mind. The other things that I always have to kind of work past are things like the words that I speak to myself, how I think of myself, what I think I'm capable of doing, how uh, I think others perceive me. Uh, One of the other challenges in recent years has been getting past kind of, um, my own history of, of trauma kind of stuff. Much of that trauma came out of the church. Now it wasn't anything other than just working for toxic leaders who were just awful people, but, uh, their words and their behavior impacted the way I see myself sometimes. And then as well, um, you know, the other thing that's become very important for me is making sure I surround myself with the right people. Uh, I, really have reached a place where, um, I work hard to surround myself with people who see the world in a positive light and are willing to laugh about life and enjoy life and enjoy the journey. If you're a Debbie Downer, then, um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with you. Just not great for my mental health. And right now I'm working on that. Uh, the other piece of it, and probably uh, one of the most important habits that I've developed is I try as best I can to stay off of social media. I'm on it periodically and have to get on it for a few moments each day just to kind of check messages. But pretty quickly, I try to get off of it because I don't want to see all the junk that is associated with social media. People's venting and the ugliness and the behaviors and the statements and just, I mean, just nasty, nasty stuff. Uh, A few months ago, in light of that, a few months ago, I made a bad decision to actually get on um, Facebook for a few moments. And when I did, I came across a a gentleman that I know who defines himself or calls himself a Christian, evangelical, pastor, historian, commentator, best-selling author, and the founder of a political nonprofit. Um, He's been ranting uh, on Facebook for For literally for years, and at one point in time, we used to be friends. We're really not friends anymore. Um, I I work hard to kind of avoid his stuff, his antics. But uh, in it that day, I had accidentally read his post um, because I was scrolling through and was stupid enough to stop and read a post where he defined uh, liberals and Democrats as mentally ill. If you read my blog the other day, this is part of what I talked about. But as someone who uh, whose family has been rocked by mental illness, I, I you know, both I, I was just taken back by the fact and even offended that he would um, w- you make the decision to use to weaponize the term mentally ill. That somehow he thought it would be the best way to describe uh, those that he was adamantly opposed to and against. Uh, I was amazed that uh, he would call himself a Christian and would use the struggles and hurts and pain of someone else to demonize and dehumanize his enemy. Because I, uh, because of my faith and kind of where I stand and all the other things, I chose uh, to kind of take the approach that I would um, email him privately or message him privately. And the response I got was anything but nice. It was uh, his... The hubris and arrogance was unreal. And in fact, you know, he was defiant and just basically said, hey, you don't know what you're talking about, and they are mentally ill. Um, eventually, we kind of moved past it, and I just blocked him and said, hey, that's it. My bad. Shouldn't have even been reading Facebook. But that mental ill piece um, or that, that statement, again, brought me back to the fact of just how important our mental health is and how critical it is whether you are in the midst of something that is going well or even in those moments when life um, is becoming incredibly difficult where there are challenges and issues and things that you are facing that uh, seem insurmountable and so today there are two things i want to tell you as i kind of close out this podcast and hope to keep it fairly short. Um, one is that it's just about the mental health piece. If you're struggling with mental illness or have a family or friend who is, hear this. This is really important. You're not alone. Hear me again. You are not alone. And just because people devalue or worse, weaponize at times your struggles doesn't mean they're not real. In fact, if you you or a friend or a family member are struggling with mental illness. There may be a point in time where you need to get some help. You need to find a friend. You need to find a counselor, a therapist, someone you can talk along, talk with. But whatever you do, don't make the journey alone. Understand that um, mental illness is real and that to deal with it and to address it, you can't do it alone. You got to have some people with you. Second thing I want to tell you today is that um, next week, uh, early in September, we'll have surgery. I'll have surgery. And this will be the final stage of the cancer journey. And so while it will be a few months after I get home from surgery, surgery is pretty quick and I should just be in the hospital a night or two. Um, and it'll be a few months before I'm back to being in the gym and back to where I was. I am forever grateful for the people who have journeyed with me through this process, the people who have prayed for me, the people who have encouraged me, and the people who have um, stood with us every step of the way. Katie and I are forever grateful uh, for your friendship, for your prayers, and for your support. We could not have done it without you. Thanks for walking with us. Uh, Thanks for being a part of it. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. We uh, look forward to uh, opportunities in the days ahead to be a little bit more consistent with this. Uh, We'll be posting again on the blog here shortly. You can find it at collisionleadership.com. And then um, you'll find more information about the podcast at Shift Change. And we are located on Spotify and all the other major platforms, Apple and everything else. But just appreciate you guys. Thanks for being a part of it. Have a great day. Enjoy the journey. We are uh, forever grateful for you. Take care. Thanks again for joining us today on Shift Change. Our editing was done by Banning Dawson at Storied Studios. And our music was written and produced by Anthony Mako. You can find his podcast, Postmodern Liturgy, and his music on Spotify. You can find out more about me, my consulting work, and how to get a free hour of consulting at collisionleadership.com. My goal is simple, to help people find and live their best lives. All of us can find it. All of us can be leaders doing uncommon things when we are living our best. Visit us at collisionleadership.com and join us again next week on Shift Change.